in A New Hope, you know, when they when they blow up uh, Alderaan, Princess Leia's home planet, um, you know, yeah, they, they just... They just blow up a little Alderaan. They blow up all Alderaan. All Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 435 with a review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Cars Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but I'm very <laughs> sick. It sounded a little different, I'm not going to lie. I've been working on my, uh, you know, somebody recently mentioned that I have a very NPR sounding voice, and uh, (laughs) I was like, not today, I'll show these people. (laughs) So, yeah, I apologize up front, I'm going to do the best that I can, Uh, but the choice was go another week with no episodes being released, or, uh, you know, try to get you some stuff. Um, that is out. I mean, plus, I mean, it's Star Wars, right? We got to be talking about Star Wars, right? Right. Well, I thought I thought you guys did a did a review for uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, I just see what you did there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So there is a review of that. Um, unfortunately, this has been a busy week here at uh, at our company, and uh, I haven't had time to edit that in the evenings, but. Uh, that, episode, that that review of Lion, this one of Rogue One, and then also a review of La La Land will be coming out, and only two of those will have me sounding like I'm sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people can be, you know, ex- excited and ready for that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing my best, people. <laughs> um, but this but yeah, is really this... Chris is sick a lot, though. It's it's almost uh, it's almost like. A thing now it's just oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah but no I, I literally like from from like the morning after we recorded that that uh lion review i woke like we were recording the lion review and i was like you know what? i i think tomorrow i'm gonna wake up sick and then i woke up sick and i've been sick ever since so it's been it's been super fun mm. it sounds like it yeah um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, what do you say we get into this uh, review, uh, Carson? All right. Rogue One. Well, uh, we are going to broadcast our call sign of Rogue One out to the people who are trying to let us into their (laughs) shields. And uh, we're going to play the trailer for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And then we're going to come back and give you a review. Jim. Whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. Critical to 
the development of a super weapon. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. The power that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. hold of this moment. The force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. We'll take the next chance. And the next. You're all rebels, aren't you? Alright, so that was the trailer for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and it is basically the story of the crew, the ragtag group of people in the Rebellion who made their way off to steal the plans for the Death Star so that our friends, our heroes in Episode Four, could blow that shit up. Um, Carson Patrick, were you excited yes. when, like, basically were you excited to see <laughs> Was I excited? And- yes. <laughs> so excited, all the time. Were you excited to see Rogue One, a Star Wars story? And did it equal whatever it was that you were hoping for it to be? I just thought of the thing that I was going to ask you before this. So this is going to be really great podcasting. But I didn't know if we were going to do what we did last time for Star Wars Force Awakens, which was basically just get right into spoilers because this movie is... uh, Kind of, kind of needs to to be uh, almost an entire spoilery episode. Well, let, let's start. Let, let, let's give away our brief thoughts first uh, and foremost, and get get that out there, and then we can go spoilers. I mean, for right now, for the next like you know ten minutes or so, let's let's say that the only thing we need to quote unquote spoil is that at the end of this film, plans for the Death Star will be delivered <laughs> to, to the Rebellion. Spoilers: <laughs> A New Hope happens. <laughs> Um, so everything else, let, let, let's, let's kind of hold back, and then we can get into spoilers pretty quickly. Well, I guess all I'll say is that um, I was excited for Rogue One um, from that first teaser. Um, and uh, I thought that, it, I thought that it, this looks like a cool, like, it didn't really feel, uh, kind of felt a little different, didn't exactly feel like... Star Wars to me, um, and I think having now seen it, uh, my reaction was pretty much on par with my reaction to The Force Awakens, which was just kind of meh. <laughs> just, just you know, fine, whatever, you so know. The Force is not strong with you. I, the Force is definitely not strong with me, yes. That's for sure. <laughs> and that's sort of all you want to say in this yeah. spoiler time? Yeah, 
because I, I feel like anything else, I'm going to start going off on a tangent and there could be problems. Okay. Well, uh, before we get to spoilers and before you go off on your tangents and before problems arise, um, I will say that I had a lot of fun with this film. Um, I, I mean, we've talked on the podcast in, in the past uh, before uh, that I am a big fan of heist films. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, those sort of uh, shenanigans, um, you know, the one thing that this film is missing is somebody saying this is their one last job they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, which, uh, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> nobody yes. was like, I'm getting out of this business no. for this one last job. Uh, you know, it didn't have, uh, you know, Dominic Toretto or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Showing up in in his whatever wing. Which by to, like, which by the way, tangent the fate of the furious. Like how brilliant is that <laughs> no, shit? I, I'm totally I'm totally on board with, with them toddling at the fate of the furious. Though they're not actually like they're not leaning into it heavy. Like there's no F8 in 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 no, the, the marketing no. materials. Well, there. it says like hashtag F8. So, but they sh- yeah, you would think they would have just spelled it that way, but yeah. I, I feel like somebody somebody thought they were clever in a, in a room with like twelve other people, and they're like, "What if it was like Fate of the Furious, <laughs> right, guys?" And then they just wrote that down and said, "Like that sounds interesting," and then didn't like get that that it's the eighth film and Fate has eight in it. Um, but anyways, you know, oh, they got there. it. Someone got a raise when they came up with that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so Rogue One. I think, uh, like, you know, when we talked about um, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, that was really, uh, like, I, you know, I, I was bringing up the point that, like, I was excited to return to the Harry Potter world, but I didn't necessarily need anything to be, like, fully 100% grounded in these characters that have been referenced before. And uh, I think what Rogue One, like, is a successful version of what Fantastic Beasts and where to find them is because we get to see these characters who, like... We don't like these aren't these are all like new characters, right? Um, that we're sort of just thrust in with to see them accomplish this one goal, which we know happened, and we're just getting like we're getting backstory of events that that led to the first film. But it's also a thing where it's like sticking with these characters is not important. This isn't a setup for a big franchise of films that are all going to be bounced off this one group of people. Like this is just like these are some people that happen to be part of one mission that uh happened and you know succeeded ultimately for you know the purpose of what they needed to do um and it's really just that it's 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 just a a tan- a chance to delve into the world of Star Wars have a little fun with it you know we got our 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 quirky robot guy who uh um gets to add some entertainment um to the group you get to have like your little like you know group of people just thrown together there to like show off their skills of just you know, fighting, blowing stuff up. Um, you know, you're a weird guy swinging his stick around because he really wants to be a Jedi. Uh, you know, there, there's there's a bunch of... I don't know, it, it was just a really fun film, and I think that it didn't... It didn't force me to buy into all this canon or try to teach me that something um, was, was being done a certain way. It just was a, a fun ride to get to experience with some cool people. And uh, now it's done. And for that, uh, I kind of loved it. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I'm too surprised, but yes. 
So are you saying the? Uh, do you think you liked it better than The Force Awakens? I mean, you were pretty high on that movie. So, so the Force, like I was super high on, on the Force Awakens. You know, I put it in my my best of the year list. And the Force Awakens, though, I mean, it, it's kind of cheating. Like, like Rogue One could never, for me, reach the level of how much I really liked the Force Awakens. Um, and that's simply because the Force Awakens was pulling sort of. It, it, it was pulling a Toy Story 3 sort of thing, right? Where it was like nothing that happened isolated to The Force Awakens was that spectacular. But because it was building upon this past relationship we've had with all these characters, it made it that much significant, more significant. You know, like it, it's, it's the, the, it, it, it's, it's the, like the, the furnace scene from Toy Story 3 would not be as impactful if we were meeting all those characters for the first time right it's it's because we've been on a journey together with them and we're 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 we're, we're riding the nostalgia high right like that's yeah. what made we, we've for- eaten that we've eaten the member berries which <laughs> yeah, exactly. is what star wars has just become has become <laughs> this franchise yeah. Just, remember? yeah we're remembering chewbacca we're remembering yes. han solo we're remembering luke skywalker <laughs> remembering yeah. The Death Star plans. Yeah, like we're, we're remembering everything, and in this film, like this film hasn't been remembered yet, right? Like, yeah, like, it's been the, mentioned, but uh, but yeah, there's definitely some there's definitely some tie-ins and callbacks though that uh, there's actually a lot, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there there's even like a render back. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, for like, better or worse, they're there. So, I, so, so let me ask you this. I mean, I mean, because I, I, I mean, I, I assume that you're not excited for a Han Solo spinoff prequel. Of oh, the I'm, I'm, I am, I'm ecstatically excited about that one because because uh, you're gonna find out how uh, Han Solo flies the Millennium Falcon with all those nanners on his head. Obviously, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think when they first announced it, I was like, oh gosh, like that's that sounds terrible because it's just kind of in line with I mean look they got to make their money back which they already have but I mean it it was kind of inevitable that like yes we will sequelize and spin off and serialize and whateverize everything about the Star Wars universe and um, while that idea definitely seemed like an obvious one and and a, a bad one because you know like like most things you don't really care where they came from you just love that you know that they're there which is kind of why the star wars prequels are not as good not nearly as good um as the originals and um but you know once they hired like uh lord and miller and now they've got alden ehrenreich as hair or as han solo and Donald Glover is going to be Lando Calrissian and Amelia Clark's in it. I mean, it's going to be if if it's bad, I will be very shocked. I think that that's a that's a that's a very charming fucking cast right there and uh, two very uh, creative people behind it. So, I think if I think if Ryan Johnson and and Lord and Miller can't get it right, then we're really then <laughs> you, no Star Wars movie will ever be good again. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so I, I mean, I, I, I just assume that uh, that you might not be super excited for it simply because they're they're dipping a little far into the well here. Um, but I, I think for me, I'm less excited about those ones, not because of the people involved, but just simply for the fact that like I would love to just see more stuff 
in the Star Wars universe, right? Like, I, I just right. want to see more experiences around. Like, if we got, if we just got like an anthology series of Star Wars, right? Where where it's just like all the in betweens of yeah. all the main films. We just got a random group of people doing some random missions in a war. You know, like like that. That would be. You know, I, I want the Star Wars version of Black Hawk Down, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, I I agree with that uh, definitely. I mean, I, I I would much rather see that for sure. Um, to to see like one offs that don't have any ties or connections or characters or anything like that. I mean, yes, I think that would be the the best possible spin off scenario. Um, you know, but I mean, I guess right now it's like they're they're playing into the nostalgia, and it's like they'll probably just go. I mean, you know, they've got like the the uh, oh gosh, now I just lost his name. Uh, who's the bounty hunter? Uh, uh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah, like they're doing a spinoff for him, and uh, you know, maybe an Obi Wan Kenobi thing. And it's like, okay, great, but you know, yes, I would rather see just a standalone star because there's so much there's so many places where you could go and right now they're just kind of focused in on let's do things that still tie into what people know yeah so i hope that i mean they'll probably get there eventually i guess i don't know yeah well we'll, you know it'll become they're like what what idea can we do now (laughs) it'll get to that point in like 2035 it's like oh (laughs) It, Fuck. It, it is funny. Another how, Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how much Star Wars stuff we are going to have. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, oh, it's going to be Star Wars for the rest of time yep, until Star the world Wars, ends. Star Wars, Marvel, and DC is just <laughs> yes. the end of. Like, Those will just soon, be. <laughs> there'll be crossovers, right? Where it's like oh, Tony, Tony Stark. <laughs> Tony Stark has been like frozen. He wakes up in a galaxy far, far away, and like Han Solo finds him. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be like that that episode of Parks and Rec where like Patton Oswalt he played a character who was like filibusting some th- some bill and like he just came up with this this epic Disney crossover event that united like Marvel and Star Wars and and like X Men and like all the properties. And Star Trek, I think, like it, I was like, that's gonna, that's a, that's a premonition right there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, by the way, we we haven't like got a chance to talk together about it. But uh, did you freak out when like Michael Giacchino like basically used the exact same theme between the new Star Trek movie and uh, Doctor Strange? I uh, I mean that didn't surprise me because Giacchino just riffs off everybody. I mean he yeah, finally he's riffing he, off himself. Like both have I, the dun 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 dun. The the snake is just eating its own tail now. I mean I I just laughed because I was like, well he's been ripping off John Williams his whole career, so now he finally <laughs> gets to. So it, it, it was funny funny during the course of this film where like. There'd be like a a, a a big like homage to John Williams sounding moment, and it'd be like the first like eight notes from like the John Williams version, and then he'd just be like Michael Giacchino like at the end of it. He's <laughs> like, "What is happening? I don't understand." That's where, what he did. Where he's going with this song? Well, that's what he did for the Jurassic World. Like he just used the Jurassic Park riff, and then segued into his own. <laughs> crappy thing sorry i'm not a giacchino fan i don't get it so 
I mean, ti- his titles are great though. Oh, those puns are great. Yeah, I, I, I haven't even they're, yet they're, looked at the track names for this film, but I, I assume they have to be great somewhere. The pun, the puns are definitely amusing. They're more, they're more amusing than the, than the. It's almost, it's almost like a game now. Like whenever Giacchino scores a movie, you're just like. Where have I heard this? Hmm. Like for me, Doctor Strange sounded like the Sherlock Holmes score that uh, Hans Zimmer <laughs> did for the the Guy Ritchie ones. Like it just had that same. Like that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, "What the fuck, man!" Like I don't get it. So yeah, <laughs> not a fan. Hater party one. But back to uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> there definitely are some, some spoilery points that we could do. So what do you say, uh, you know, we, we kind of just like cross over into the spoiler territory. Yeah. We're going to put um, up those, those portal beams or whatever the fuck, <laughs> yeah, which, which is one of the things I want to talk about in the spoiler territory <laughs> because, uh, there's some like really stupid, like conception to the way those things work. Um, yeah. but I think they're, yeah. resh- I think they're reshoot portals. <laughs> Maybe. Well, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and give our verdicts um, and do the normal sort of closeout thing, um, and then we can uh, take off and and, uh, and and do some some good old fashioned spoiler talk on this film. <clears throat> so, Carson, if you're going to give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait with a wait for rental, <laughs> a pass with a caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it? I know I cheated last time and and said it was fire, not really, but uh, I I I think I would have to give it a pass. I was bored through a lot of it, so I mean I don't fault you for going to see it. Obviously, obviously. Uh, there are worse things to see, but um, for me, I wasn't that big of a fan, so. Well, if I was an android who was like a statistical droid and I was supposed to tell you the outcomes of things, I would say there's like a 90% likelihood that you would like this film. Not you, Carson, but like Mm. (laughs) the The, listeners right now. The people, yes. You, the the people. people. Um, So I'm going to give it a must-see. If for nothing more than, I mean, just watch it. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's Star Wars and it doesn't suck, um, except for Carson thinks it sucks, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, It kind of sucks. So pass with a caveat from you. Um, it's like a C grade. It's a C grade movie, you know. Which I think, you know, they haven't risen above that, you know, yet. I mean, I I want, I, I, I want I, them to. I would say it's like it, quality wise, it, it's probably just a record of the caveat. But I think it's like a film that is fun enough that you kind of have to go see it. Um, yeah, and it's super entertaining, and you know, it it does some fun stuff, but. Um, but yeah, so those those are our our, our rankings. Um, so as we said, we are going to take off. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I can just close out normally. Um, but other episodes of the show, the podcast, you can find over at spoilerwarning.com where you get a bunch of those episodes. Um, you know, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, <clears throat> Rogue One, A Star Wars Story with that uh, super great uh, <laughs> Michael Giacchino score that we were talking about. Um, so the music is going to fade up now. When it fades out, we were going to be in full-blown spoilers. 
uh, we will just be rebelling against the spoiler culture and uh, letting fly all of the things that you need to know about this film. So if you don't want to be spoiled, go see the film, then come back and join us. We're out. For now. Shit's going to go down. Alright, so we are here. We have received the signal, downloaded it, we're escaping the Empire. We uh, are here to talk about full-blown spoilers for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Carson, you have a lot of nits to pick with this, I guess. Uh, So what do you want to talk about now that we are in spoiler territory? Uh, Well, I guess the first thing, positive thing... I'll start with the positives. I think one... Everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is the first time that we've ever, like, jumped right to that statement, and it was actually, actually fucking true. That, uh, that, yeah, yeah. But that actually is a positive, I think. Uh, I was glad that everyone died. Um, it, I, I thought that, uh, it was a little ballsy that they did that. Now, obviously, they had to, they, it, it connects right up into... A New Hope, so it kind of made sense why everyone had to die, because, uh, you know, it was either that or, like, we gotta go into hiding, because none of these characters are around in in the next movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Uh, so I actually, uh, I actually appreciated that, that they, that they went through with that. Um, They made the sacrifice to uh, get the Death Star plans out off the, off the tropical planet or whatever um so i did like that but the i think the main thing is that this probably has the best cast of any star wars movie um i think felicity jones uh way better than daisy ridley sorry um (laughs) even though uh it seems like her character was changed in the reshoots but um I think she's a much better screen presence uh, and, and you know, actor. Um, and obviously you've got so many other great people in this movie. Uh, and unfortunately, though, that they, you know, you've got all these great actors, but they either don't get enough to do or they just don't have much to work with. Um like I said, Felicity Jones, I mean, I don't know. She's just, it, it, she feels like weirdly not in it a lot. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. But anyway, it does have the best well, she, cast. She is sort of like a passer through, right? Like the, this story sort of happens to her. I mean, it, it is kind of strange that she is the motivation for the group actually doing anything. Like she's the one with the rousing speech about how like, you know, if you do nothing, then you're part of the problem. <laughs> whatever whatever yeah. her speech is, right? Like Something you have to like do that. anything that you can, hope is what the rebellion is built on, all that yada, yada, yada. But yeah, we're, we're really following this other crew, right? This, this other group of people who um, are the, the people who have been in this war fighting. Felicity Jones has sort of been off on the side doing her own thing, like, you know, being Aladdin, um, floating around the galaxy, being riffraff street rat. Um, <laughs> and <then> now, <laughs> now she is joining... The yeah. the the underbelly of, of of people who are fighting in the rebellion, right? I mean, I just and and I only mentioned that it feels like her character was changed because obviously there's a lot of stuff in the the first teaser for this movie 
uh, well, there's a lot of stuff in general that isn't in the movie, but just her character-wise, you know, there, uh, you know, she seems a lot more like spunky and antagonistic in the trailer uh where she comes in she's like i rebel because i remember thinking like wow that was i rebel yeah yeah, i was like whoa uh i hope they change that which they did they cut it out Um, i didn't hope they changed that i was like waiting for that line forever and i was like okay when is when is this shit gonna happen but but that whole that whole scene where she goes in and talks to the rebellion people is all different like in the trailer it's made to look like uh, and, and all the lines are different and it's made to seem like that she's like this you know uh, she's a rogue one uh, and she comes in and she's kind of almost forced to help with the rebellion you know um, yeah, that's, yeah. they kind of make it seem like she's a little more anti-hero and in the actual movie she comes in she's like already on the rebellion sign she's a little more uh agreeable i guess um so yeah that was uh that was definitely interesting because that was different in the movie um but but i will will say forrest whitaker uh is the best part of this movie and maybe the most forrest whitakery forrest whitaker performance uh <laughs> that that forrest ever whitakered because this is uh this is a sight to be to be seen. Him walking around with half man, half machine, sucking on oxygen like Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet, and child, he's just child. He's the whole doing, child. He's I doing the, you in the ways of the rebellion. He's doing the most whispery. Uh, sounds British to me. Uh, very very whispery though. Uh, very entertaining. I wish that he had stuck around more in the movie. Uh, than just uh, he's basically in one scene. Well, he's kind of in the beginning too, but one big scene—that's about it. Sequence. Um, yeah, and and he had a bunch of lines in that first teaser that were different because just like, what will they do if they catch you? <laughs> uh, none of that shit was in the movie. Yeah, um, hey, I I feel like he was almost completely written out of the movie. But they're yeah. like, well, we paid him kind of a lot. He should probably stay in, you know? Like, yeah. like, what was up with that? I don't know. I feel like that, yeah, like that he just decided like, well, I'm slow. I'll stay behind and die. Like, that was <laughs> literally it. Like, what the fuck? You couldn't get on yeah. the ship? Like, he, yeah, he's sort of doing like a captain goes down with a ship sort of thing. But he's also yeah. sort of not. Like, it's kind of silly that, that that he is like this great, crazy, rebellious man who nobody can bring down because he's untouchable. But it's like, like sure, a Death Star is what blew up his home. But if you really think about it, like he was just in that cave, right inside the big giant statue. <laughs> like, why could like you know a couple of Tie Fighters not fly by and just like strafe that thing, and then boom, he's gone, right? Like he wasn't hidden in some underground bunker. Um, it's it's just kind of strange. Yeah, I I, I wanted more of him for sure. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, and and I'll probably be referencing a lot, but I'll just I mean I think I've already made it clear. But uh, all the all the cut footage from the teaser made this movie seem just a lot cooler. I don't know something about just the way um, it seems set up. Like I really wanted, you know, you mentioned like heist movie and stuff. I wanted this to be more like a Ocean's Eleven 
Mission Impossible type of movie. Like, I remember uh, my brother even texted me after he saw it and was just like, I would have rather had it had seen Star Wars Rogue Nation, uh, which I agree. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I, I like, I hey, think if Tom Cruise can do the mummy. He can do a Star Wars <laughs> movie. Now that, yeah, I would see that for sure. Um, Be the sequel but, to Jack Reacher, not Jack Reacher. <laughs> uh, uh, his character's name is Jack Harper oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think having, I think it would be really cool to have seen this done, um, it more like in the style of like the first mission impossible, like more of a low key, uh, like De Palma esque thriller. Um, but instead, and I'm assuming this is where a lot of the reshoots came in, whereas, you know, we get like this big third act finale, with a lot of stuff going on, they got to transmit the plans, um, you know, and it's like a lot of it gets really boring at the end. Although, I, weirdly, the the end is where it picks up, at least for me. It, you know, at least stuff was happening. <laughs> you mean so. when the Death Star warps in? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I, like I said, I felt like the majority of the movie... Like I was, I was pretty bored. But then, like at the end, I was like, okay, well, things are happening, so I'm, I'm at least, you know, invested a little bit more. Um, but I still think that 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 whole finale was just like they could have done something a lot cooler. Um, well, I, so so I, I'll say this from from a narrative standpoint: when that first real true, te- true not, not not teaser, but when the first trailer came out, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like. They're actually going to retcon the joke about how somebody could possibly build a Death Star with such an obvious weakness to it. And I was like, if they're actually doing that, that's really an interesting thing to do, right? Um, and then that, that is the story that we get. But it's hard to tell whether that was not added after the fact, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. there's these scenes in, those, in the first uh, teasers and stuff where, where, like, Felicity Jones is one of the people storming the beaches, right? Right. And she, in this story isn't part of that uh, assault. She is, you know, riding an yeah. elevator up to a tower to go steal a hard drive in, like, a, uh, yeah, a, a not Mission Impossible uh, uh, hard drive stealing scene, right? You know, she's right, not diving yeah. into a, a weird, like, churning underwater uh, computer-cooled system. She is just, like, she's playing the crane game at, like, any, <laughs> yeah, they're playing, at a grocery yeah. store. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> they are. That's what. Was, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but but it's so, not so it's not very weird. exciting to watch. It it makes me wonder if if that's something that like partway through the script somebody was like, oh shit, what if like her dad was building the Death Star, and he purposely left this weakness? How great would that be? And uh, while I really love that that is what it turns out to be, I I'm, I don't fully trust that that's what it was always going to be. Um, it may have just been a thing that was added after the fact. And that's a complete guess. I have no knowledge of whether that was a fact. It just it just seems that there is just weird stuff. I mean, e- even even the finale, right, which is, you know, her having to, like, flip the lever to mm. beam the, shit, the, the, the stuff up to the sky. In the trailer, there's that scene where the TIE fighter rises yeah. up yeah. just outside as she's trying to walk to the thing, and it rises up, and it's like... She's walking out on the, the plank or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't... And, like... You you see the uh, you see the scenes of like Ben Mendelsohn like walking to the elevator to go up to meet her right yeah like he was probably going to get in that Tie Fighter right <laughs> like like who who like it just feels like something feels really really weird about like how these were edited together um, 
like I, I enjoyed it still. I had a great time, but it does make you wonder what the original edit was or what the at least the original intention was before the version that we did see on screen. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely curious to see how how different it was. I think, you know, the bulk of the changes came in the came in the finale. Uh, but I do think that the the whole idea that uh, Felicity Jones's father, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character, I feel like that he, I feel like that was all along supposed to be there. That he was the one who created the flaw. Uh, just because I know that on uh, they they did a they did a breakdown on Slash Film of the the cut stuff from the the trailer, and there was very clearly. The shots where Felicity Jones are, are is running on the beach with everyone else. She has the the little data file strapped to her belt, uh, uh, and she's running with it with her in her hand. I think in one shot. Um, so I feel like there was like a different like maybe they got it and then they were running to a different location to transmit it or something. I don't know, but there was definitely an indication of. Uh, that, yeah, that she had it. So maybe there's a cut where they're running to the ship. That um, what's his nut name? Nuts from uh, no, from uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, for the- uh, when they're running back to the ship, like maybe they're making a break for that ship, and that's when like the grenade goes off that takes out the whole damn ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. <clears throat> it seemed like the most of the action was on the on the beach on the ground. Um, because I mean, in the movie, it's not that exciting that all she does is stick in basically a USB drive, a giant USB drive, and then it says reposition satellite, and she just well, so, okay, so, moves so here, it. Here, here's the dumbest thing: like I, like there, there are two insanely stupid things um, at the end of this film. So first off is this idea of like the shield blocks transmissions, right? But she fucking calls the rebels and goes like, Hey, I'm going to beam something up, <laughs> but can you turn down the shield first so that I can beam this thing to you? It's like, yeah, you're bro, talking to turn it right down. Now. Like what your, your, your freaking communicator can go through the shields, but the, the data transmission thing can't like whatever. Okay. Then if we're excusing that, uh, just, okay. The visual information about how the shield thing works, right. Is that there's this shield and the gate seems to push something into the shield that separates it. Right. Like, the way they close the hole in the gate is they lift those edges and the shield fills itself in. So with that rationale, this device seems to be some sort of magical shield cutter, right? Like, it leaves space to where the shield can't close itself. So if you blow up that thing, that's not going to make the shield collapse because that thing is clearly not emanating the shield. That thing is just separating the shield in one little spot, right? Like, I feel feel like, I guess maybe they didn't want to make another Star Wars movie where there was, like, a building on the land of a large planet that has to be exploded to lower the shield. Um, but but it, it just seems that, like, the idea of, like, well, I mean, this thing just cuts a hole in the shield, but let's blow that thing up that cuts a hole in the shield instead of, like, going on board it and just pushing the button that opens the shield, right? Schnee's always going balls deep. I did <laughs> – these thoughts never crossed my mind, but yes – I do think that I do think that the excuse that they gave for for the fact that she could communicate with the people but not send the files was that like the files are too large like that was literally <laughs> the line I think they were just like it's too big 
They can't all, go through all, the shield. All we got is a 56K modem up in here. <laughs> We're using dial-up. This is 1977. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, so that, that really wasn't very, uh, very exciting to watch. Um, just to have Felicity Jones reposition a satellite. Uh, well, you know, whatever. But uh, You know what they needed is a scene with Tim Robbins like an antitrust. Or he's trying to shut down the satellites as Felicity Jones is trying to beam the signal out. She's like, mm. give me the first satellite's IP address. <laughs> no, no, no. Give me the last satellite's IP address. I, I'm i surprised that, that they didn't have some kind of algorithm to uh, <laughs> take down the portal shield or whatever. Um, but, yeah. Um, so all that, all that being said, though, like the hammerhead ship. Like driving into like the star destroyer and like pushing it into the other one and then that into the shield, that was kind of rad. I was down for that. Yeah, that was that was all right. Um, I think uh, what I was gonna say, going back to when they were they were using the the claw machine to get the file out, <laughs> I yeah. think it would it would have been. See, I think like that scene would just been if it was just if they had just taken it down a couple notches. And, you know, you basically got the Star Wars equivalent of, uh, you know, Diego Luna, uh, you know, roping down Felicity Jones. And she's like, you know, doing the Mission Impossible stunt where she can't touch the floor. Um, You can't touch the floor uh, because that uh, that see that kind of a sequence is what I wanted out of this. You know, basically just like their team is essentially like tom cruise's team in in every one of the movies and you know they all have to i mean they they kind of had a you know a job here each one had a different job but not really you know it was kind of just we're a ragtag bunch and we're just gonna go in and guns a blazing or whatever but um i think it would have just been i don't know if it just would have focused more on that and less you know, of these kind of tie-ins. I mean, it's fine if you have them, but, like, I don't know, every time there was a, a reference to to uh, A New Hope or whatever, it, it always felt like, you know, it should have been, like, it's it, almost like they left, you know, dead air for people to applaud in the theater, you know, because it, it was like, look here, like, applaud. Um, and I don't know, like it's like that that bothered me because it was just like ah, oh, like you know, you know, we get it. They're you know characters that we know, or they're the same shots of things, you know, that mimicked uh, a New Hope and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't know. That was that was you know, like like when okay, so like when Vader, like when we first see Darth Vader, um, I mean, we knew he was in the movie because he's in the trailer, but. When he's taking um, the, the, the breast milk bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, maybe I missed this, but some somewhere along the line, Darth Vader moved to uh, Saruman's eye. And he's just chilling out <laughs> yeah, there. Dude, his love of it is Saruman's eye. It's so great. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's basically taking a, yeah, he's taking a bath. He looks like a fucking Cenobite from Hellraiser or something. I was like, I don't remember that in the other movies, but... Um, Dude. Like three movies ago, I fell in lava, so I yeah. built the house here. <laughs> I guess, I guess that was it. I don't know. Um, someone can probably inform us, but uh, yeah. So I, I guess we should. I guess we should really kudos to Ben Mendelsohn because he spends the majority of this movie acting with dead people or people in costumes. 
um, which I guess he, he comes out pretty well. Um, and I, I really wished, you know, he always plays a really good villain. I, I, I wanted him, you know, he, again, he didn't have much work to, to work with and I, I wanted to see more of him. But, um, when, when Vader first shows up, right. in his, in his Saruman mansion, like I, dude, I don't know if it was, I, I guess it was just me, but I legit, like, he looked bad, dude. Like, Darth Vader looked like he just walked off a of Hollywood Boulevard. Like, he looked like, he looked cheap. Like, they just, like, got this costume from Party City or something. Like, it looked weird, man. I don't know. Something about it was like, I was like, maybe it looked like this in the older Star Wars movies, but it just... I, I think it did, but, like, we're so used to, like, this new, like, kind of tweaked up like everything looks like super biker gang like weird i mean yeah that is that's the yeah that's the new thing it's like uh, oh we gotta change it just because it's you know we gotta update it just because it's you know not 1995 anymore like the power rangers or something um like what they did with that yeah i i know that they did that but like i don't know i guess it's just that like that that like suit just doesn't hold up under 2016 like high-tech digital cameras where you can see like every like you know like it just it looked weird i don't know but when he showed up later i I feel you it looked a little cheesy but i mean it it looks a little cheesy in the context of like homaging what already looked cheesy before yeah i mean they were definitely trying obviously they're trying to go with what he looked like back then because it's you know he's got to look like what he did in new hope but so, um, so, so that that stuff didn't actually bother me, but like I will say, if I'm if I'm allowed to schnaze for a second, is as badass as that moment at the end, right before the ship takes off and you know Leia gets the disc. Oh, um, his uh, his like old boy hallway fight. His old the- boy hallway <laughs> fight is super badass, but he's more badass in that scene than he is anywhere else in the entire series. I know. Like, so it's I, like you that- can't have a scene where he just kicks fucking ass roll right into a movie where he barely moves and he can't sword fight very well, right? Like, he was throwing yeah. bitches around. He was, like, oh, cutting yeah. people in half. He destroyed shit. the fuck out of like, everybody. That, that guy, that, okay, first of all, super badass. He stabs the guy through the door and then the door opens, but it's a lightsaber, so the door just gets constantly cut as it's opening. That was great. <laughs> that was amazing. Like, it was so awesome. Um, but, but, like, all I could think was, like, he's never been to school this far before. Oh, it, it felt, it... I will agree. It felt cool. It was cool, but it felt it felt like wildly out of place. Like it, that to me, hot take. That felt like something they added last minute to like yeah. go like you know what guys, we don't have enough lightsabers in this fucking movie. We need to get people excited. We need to get people starting to jizz in the theater because we need. It's not Star Wars without a lightsaber. Like I don't know that that felt like a last minute addition. And it, it is possible that like they were like. Hmm. You know, guys, I don't think people will realize that this movie literally ends at the first scene of episode four. How can yeah. we make this make more sense? It's like, oh, hallway fight scene. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> basically the next scene of where you see Vader. And like you said, in in episode four, he's literally just like super chill. Yeah. 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 That was uh yeah, I agree with you on that. It fell out of place. It uh, 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 to me, it was like, oh, cool. But I was just like, all it screamed to me was just, hey, we had to add this in as like a last, uh, 
hurrah. Like, because I feel like I feel like they they kind of molded that ending to. I I, I kind of have a feeling that the original ending maybe didn't sync up quite as close to episode four. Yeah, I don't know. That's just I, my theory, but. I, I will say something else. There, there was, and I, I don't remember the exact lines in it. This is going to be like some like some deep shit that somebody else is going to have to write in and, and confirm for me. But <clears throat> I feel like there was a scene, like in the scene where they're talking about stealing the plans and who they're going to pass the plans off to. I could have sworn that like the people in charge were like, if only we had a force sensitive friend that we could give the plans to. But like, and like they're ob- like. They want to allude to Leia, but mm. Leia doesn't know that she has any sort of tangential connection to the Force at all, right? Like, at the beginning of Episode 4, she doesn't have a fucking clue about that, right? It's not until after, like, she realizes that she's Luke's sister that she realizes that she has that connection, right? So it feels like, like, and, and they didn't specifically allude to it, but it felt like they were talking about finding the right person to uh, hand this disc off to and it would have to be somebody that has something special about them, right? And it's like it was it was like I, I don't I wish I could remember the exact line of what they said because I no, that was too much into it, but that was I mean, yeah, that was the the gist of it is that uh yeah, Jimmy Smith's character uh was yeah, I mean that's what I I thought of too, was like, oh he's referring to to Princess Leia. Yeah, um, but like it's specifically the way he referred to her was like there was something special about her. Well, it wasn't just like oh, well, I know a princess, and princesses know what to do with discs. It was like, <laughs> well, this this particular princess has a particular set of skills, right? Right. Yeah. Um, well, my droids I, were taken. I I I, uh, I I I think I I think I know the explanation of this though because. Um, Jimmy Smith's, as we learned in episode three, was adopted uh, Leia. Um, he adopted. He was. He's her adoptive adopted father. Um, gotcha. And so, because at the end of episode three, uh, Luke and Leia are born. Natalie Portman's character dies. Uh, they're born, and they decide to split them up. And because they don't want them to know that they're siblings because of, you know, things that happen later. But, but yeah, like the whole idea was that, you know, let's split them up because we don't want it to get out that like they're the children of Darth Vader, um, you know, this horrible guy. And as we, you know, hilariously learned in The Phantom Menace, you know, if you're, if you're a Jedi or whatever, you have the midi-chlorians. So I think so I think that them being the offspring of a Jedi, they were already endowed with this with this power. Uh, They just weren't aware of it yet. So, I I mean, Jimmy Smith was fully aware that that she was uh, that of who she was. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, no, you 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 totally just schooled me in your in your knowledge of (laughs) somehow I remembered that Star Wars. Um, No, like that. I I totally buy that, that she could not know. But that doesn't mean that. The people she, who are around she, her don't or yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah, and I can't believe I remembered that because usually I don't. <laughs> I don't remember this shit. Um, but yeah, Car- Carson's first deep pull from the mythology of any narrative is for episode three of Star Wars. The Star Wars, <laughs> the prequels, <laughs> which I haven't seen in like ten years. Um, but yeah, so that there you go. I think that's it. He knew. 
<laughs> um, but you know what? So speaking of Princess Leia in this movie, um, we got to address the the CGI elephant in the room. Uh, yeah, there the are CGI some... elephants. Oh multiple. yeah, I mean it's um, a baby elephant walk up in here. So um, I I kind of remember hearing that they were going to do this, but then I forgot about it because I was like, oh god, I hope they don't because that sounds terrible. But uh, so they <laughs> so they resurrect Peter Cushing's character uh, Tarkin from Episode Four, um, and obviously he, the man is the man died like over twenty years ago. Um, it, it, when he first appeared on screen, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the fuck is this? Um, it, it, it definitely looked better than the Orville Redenbacher commercials that were running a few years back. <laughs> Um, I, I, it's, he is definitely some Polar Express level Uncanny Valley shit, man. Like there is, yeah. um, when I referenced, uh, Ben Mendel's and Aki with dead people, that was definitely him. Uh, the fact that I just don't understand, like, I mean, okay, I understand that yes, he would, his character would be around and that you want to, you know, fan service, but I mean, it it just would seem so much easier to hire an actor that looked similar to him and, and just maybe put him in old age makeup or, or whatever. Like, I, I mean, and then have Ben Mendelsohn walk in and say like, oh, Grandmaster Tarkin or whatever. And then, you know, the fans of the film will, will all geek out and casual viewers might might not get it. But uh, who cares? It's not for, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely that was that moment. And uh, it was a moment like that. And I, I don't know, it just, it seemed like it would have been, a, I mean, a lot easier, especially in this case. Like, it, it just, nothing about that looked real at all. Like, any time he moved, it almost like, it's almost like you could, like, see the ones and zeros being rendered. Like, it, it was so, like, off and weird. It was, it was, it, it, we are definitely a long, 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 long way from, um, from, from resurrecting older actor, dead actors, and making uh, older actors look young, like uh, Jeff Bridges in in Tron, um, yeah. or even well, Downey I mean, so, in so, Civil Bro. So here's the thing: is is if 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 that shot was in a video game trailer, you'd be like, "Holy shit! This is the most realistic video game I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, prob- because it's a, part, it's a live yeah. action film, and he's standing next to other people, and like, right. yeah, he did de- like he, his movements. Like whoever did like the mocap, if somebody even did mocap, or if it was just people digitally replacing an actor who was standing there, it looked like the uh, the <laughs> you ever play Half Life <laughs> those games. I, like the, I, I the, yes, I remember. I I've watched many of friends play Half Life back in the day. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like the 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 dude, whatever he is, like the gray man, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't I, forget, I don't remember called. that. Um, I don't know. The old man who like is constantly walking around the world like over in the corner. Oh like, yeah, okay. I I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, but well, I did look up and they they did have actors, I guess, as stand-ins. I don't know if they were wearing a mocap suit or rig, or yeah. they just were standing in for the for the actor. But yeah, there was a guy credited. Uh, as Tarkin and there was a woman credited as Princess Leia. Um, and I think that, yes, if this were a video game, it would look completely fine because it's a video game. It's a whole different thing. And in this, it's like, I mean, to put this up against a, a, a real human being, uh, multiple human beings is just, it's, 
it's mind-blowing to me that someone looked at that and was like, that looks good. That is acceptable. <laughs> creepy, creepy as fuck. It's oh, hello. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is my entrance to this episode. That was a, that was a good cue, yes. <laughs> I, I think uh, after... After he showed up, like, at the end of the movie, I turned to Chris and I said, like, you know, it's great that all the characters from Polar Express found work again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I did. I did shout out Polar Express for, yeah, because it, that's what I thought of. I, and I, 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 I briefly said, like, how how they, like, de-aged uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil Bro, like, how that looked fucking weird. Um, th- <laughs> that's like a- not as weird. Like this was head on. This they weren't even trying to hide it. They were yeah. just like, look I, at him. I mean, look yeah. I mean, yeah, it like definitely super close up shots of him just going. I am I mean, taking over the Death Star. I don't know why I made him the Emperor. Obviously, obviously, it helps that Robert Downey Jr. is still alive. <laughs> yeah, that's he's true. not. He's not fucking dead. Um, but yeah, uh, but hey, they I brought w- Tupac back. He he seems. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, he never died. I, I think a, I think a Tupac style hologram would probably have been the way to go for that. That probably would have been a lot better. Um, well, the, but... the other the other funny thing about it is we already have as canon in this universe. People are constantly appearing to other people as holograms. Like right, yes. like he could have been like, "I'm sorry, I can't make it to the proceedings, but yes. I will beam myself in and do a telepresence view of this." Super easy. <laughs> this like, is it like... doesn't doesn't matter. Come on, where are the people who decided the fate of the Furious? Where are they in the fucking Star Wars team? Or like, like, get, like just recast it, these... right? Like get Emperor Palpatine in there. You know, like you can recast <laughs> the prequels and it's still fine. Well, I mean, okay, so so to to their not even credit, but to their uh, their uh, just you know just just just, just, just yeah just just to come to their to their rescue a tiny bit. Think about this. Imagine you have not seen Episode Four. Uh, you watch this film. And you're like this is pretty rad. Oh, you imagine if you were just born. <laughs> no, lots of people were born yes. no, even I know. after the second run of the theatrical mm-hmm. run of Star Wars. I know, I know. Um, all the all the dumb wiener kids haven't seen it. So <laughs> yeah, but imagine you're a dumb wiener kid, right? Yeah. You see this film and you're like, oh shit! You mean Episode Four starts right here? Uh, and you, <laughs> oh my you... <laughs> god! <laughs> Remember? And then you decide you're going to go watch that. And the gig, the guy, the same guy is there. Yeah, everything looks old, but then he looks new. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it'd be beautiful. It, it'll, like Christmas morning, it'll be kind of cool. It'll be you'll just pick up. You're like everybody's acting super weird, but at least this guy's normal. <laughs> well, like I, 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 okay, sorry. No, go ahead. No, oh, see, so I was, um, I did some digging because for, I did not remember this about episode three, but um, so there was. There was an actor who played the younger version of Tarkin. He made a cameo in episode three. Hmm. So why couldn't they just... And it's been it's been over 10 years since that movie. So why couldn't they just hire that same actor and have him play the same part? Like he would well, probably... Well, that guy died too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess. But no, but they, they, had a, they had a side-by-side. I found a side-by-side of the actor in episode three who was supposed to look a little younger. And then an actual still of Peter Cushing from A New Hope. And to me, I was like, dude, fucking this, this is the way, this is how they should have done it. But the guy was using that to say like, look how fucking dumb it looked. Like they got this guy doesn't even look like him. Like, 
the the is he was it dumb how people die yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> he was arguing he was arguing that the that the uncanny valley version in rogue one was better um gotcha. and i was like no way man it's never like, better. what you talking about <laughs> it was never a fu- that's probably a that's probably a fucking giacchino track right there um it probably is i'm super curious now <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, I mean, come on, nothing like I never thought I would say this, but as much as I hate those motherfucking apes, the apes look better than general Tarkin or whatever. The CG apes look better than Tarkin uncanny Valley shit. Um, yeah, but I, I, I will say about princess Leia though, that still looked weird, but at least in that case, it was a it was super brief and she wasn't moving or standing next to a real person so for the fact that the camera just you know whipped around and they showed her for like a a split second and then it ended it's like okay fine like i'll give you that even though it still looked whack as hell yeah. but at least it was quick and it wasn't like you know like peter cushing's character he gets like a supporting role like a pretty <laughs> pretty big part and like when he first showed up i was like oh jesus um okay and then i thought like okay well he's only gonna be in this scene this is like a fan servicing thing but then he kept showing up and i was like no what is this so okay but that's i think i've exhausted every all of my hatred for that but yes real real time follow-up Giacchino, Giacchino's score has (laughs) no puns in any of the track titles that's so lame. I'm very, I'm very sad now. That's very disappointing. Giacchino's dropping the ball. Yeah, mm. yeah. Poor that was bastard. the best. That was the best thing about John Carter was all the tracks, all the soundtrack tracks. <laughs> the best thing about tracks too. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the only watchable part of <laughs> John Carter. Um, so now that we're almost exactly an hour into this episode. Steven, what did you think of Rogue One? I kind of like the idea of me just showing up to bash on Tarkov for a while and then leave. Um, maybe yeah. I'm just not a Star Wars guy anymore. That's what I'm oh. wondering because Episode 7 was fun. Like, it was fine, but it did not leave me with, like, the ear-to-ear grin that it seemed to leave everyone else. And Rogue One, maybe it was my mood. Like, I, I'm preoccupied with lots of things this weekend, but... It just didn't do a lot for me. It was like a fun fun adventure that I could kind of latch onto. None of the characters were that latchable. Some some people like Forrest Whitaker felt particularly like their whole story got cut from the movie. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to feel something, but they've literally given me nothing to feel about this person. And we're we're also in full blown spoilers. Oh, we're so, in spoiler so, time. Yeah, yeah you can talk about like his whole role was squashed as, <laughs> sure. as, as the, the planet was destroyed by the Death Star. Sure, literally, exactly. literally I mean, squashed. He shows up. He has some mythical past as this interesting idea of the the rebel who has... He's like the Malcolm X to the rebels, uh, Martin Luther King or something. Like He's the guy who's like, <laughs> fuck it, we're going we're gonna to panther this shit. Like, we're going we're gonna to go with guns. We're going to fight back. Um, and it only hints toward that, and it hints toward an upbringing she had with him that is supposed to be emotionally profound and meaningful. And we get exactly like 30 seconds of that until he explodes. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. A lot of the pacing just felt very weird to me. It, it had interesting action set pieces. Like I, I liked the war shots. Like it felt like it was trying to be a modern war movie a little bit. Like Jeddah 
like Jeddah is a city in the Middle East. Like I looked up just to make sure, and like this this felt like a like watching a movie about like the Iraq War or something at the beginning, where it's just like bombs are flying and you're yeah. in this place where things are going to hell. And then the final set piece was clearly like a Normandy type thing, right? Where people are coming in on the beaches and they're fighting and yeah. everybody I, uh, dies. <laughs> I, and, thought, I, I just said it was like Star Wars Vietnam. Like, yeah. <laughs> but someone, I remember say, or, uh, Sarah said she, said she said that to like one of her coworkers. They looked at her like, that's insensitive. It's like, what? Like, it's not it's like totally actual, <laughs> but, I mean, but, but you know what I mean? It's like the v- Vietnam is like an aesthetic now because there's been so many movies. That's like, that's, you know, it's not yeah. actual Vietnam, obviously. Anyway, whatever. Deep no, it, it definitely had that aesthetic. It definitely felt yeah. like a like thin blue or a thin red line type type <laughs> yeah. of thing where, and it, it helped to the film's endless credit. I love that they decided to let everybody die. They were just like, yes. there is not going to be a sequel to this movie. There doesn't. <laughs> There's need to no be. Rogue Two, motherfuckers. You know, I, I I will say though. I mean, there there is some there is some T Rex coming through the paddock, and then suddenly it becoming a cliff shit going on because those at ats. Like when you're looking at the aerial shot, it's a tower and waterfalls. And little islands, mm-hmm. and then there's at ats walking all over the place, right? Like, where did they come from? Where did they come from? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm. I almost feel like I need to watch it again in a mood that is not distracted by moving and sleep deprivation, because in my mind, this just fell moderately flat. It was like, well, that was kind of fun. The end. And I don't know, it didn't blow me away. Like, there are all these characters that other people are talking about, like the secondary characters, the blind guy who's like, I'm with the Force and the Force is with me. And and people (laughs) seem to really love that. And I felt like they just had no time to be fleshed out at all. Like, how could you love those people? They're only in a couple seconds of the movie, it felt like. I mean, I did like like his character, um, but I agree. And I, yeah, I I mean, I, I did state earlier that none of the characters felt like they either had nothing to do or they just weren't given a lot to do. Like if they had, you know, well, it's like they planned on them dying at the end of the movie. So yeah. they're like, well, why yeah. would I waste time building a character if I'm just going to kill them? Well, here, right. the, the, yeah. the, the blind guy, like I thought they were going to go one direction because he, so he has his little staff that he hits things with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The edge of the staff is clearly well, he is the a Harry Styles of, fan, of a lightsaber. So. Like, it's a big metal thing. Like it, it, it looks like it's the hilt of a lightsaber. So I thought at the end, when like nobody can reach the the, the switch that <laughs> powers the speaker or whatever the hell they're trying to do, like nobody can reach that switch, and he starts saying like I'm with the force and the force is in me or whatever. Like I thought he was gonna like break off the wood mm-hmm. and then, boom, and it turns out he's one of the last like Jedi that are still around. Like I was waiting for this moment, and then instead he just like. <laughs> like just just scent of a woman walks over to the fucking yeah. switch he, he's just a dude he's a dude with exactly 50% fucking tangoed over there yeah, at least do some gun caught action right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Donnie Yen the, the Star Wars universe's first uh, obsessive compulsive Jedi but yeah so like I, I respect the script writing of this film, like the story and the way they squeezed it in right before episode four, that's like perfect prequel material. Like they, they figured out a way to come up with a thing that you didn't know you were missing, but fills a missing gap yeah. very nicely. But I don't know. For, for me, it just didn't, 
I've barely thought about this movie since we left the theater last night. There's just been not that much to chew on because it, it felt like it didn't want to give you a lot. It wanted to give you cool action sequences and fan service and yeah. it was happy to do that, right? I feel like yeah. it, we it, <laughs> the other night was last night and yeah. it was like <laughs> it was exactly 24 hours ago. It feels like ago. it was a long time ago. <laughs> or not exactly like. Uh, yeah, we, we 24 hours ago, we were an hour into this movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and where yeah, were we? I, I want Carson to take a shot. Yeah, yeah. We were at the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, had, I had a uh, <laughs> prosciutto and fig pizza and uh, a beer. This, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I had fancy. sangria and a breakfast burger. <laughs> and now the fans know. <laughs> Thank you. God. Knowing is half the battle. Yes. Um, well, I was going to say, I, I agree that, and obviously I, uh, it's good that, that Steven has f- come to the dark side because I am, I am pretty much, I obviously, I think liked it or disliked it the most out of the three of us because I was actively bored through a lot of it. But I mean, overall, I think, it is the same reaction that I had to Force Awakens, which was just like, it's fine, whatever, but like, they're, they don't seem to be taking, at least currently, you know, they don't seem to be making any strides to, to make it more than just, eh, like, okay. Like, I, I want, like, a really excellent Star Wars movie um, that isn't, you know, eating the member berries that much. <laughs> and, 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 you know, is really going to dig deep. And like I said, like, I hope that, you know, in the future, like with Ryan Johnson involved, Lord and Miller involved, uh, that, you know, if they can't do it, then we're never going to get a good Star Wars movie. Like, you know, like, that's just how it is. But um, I, I did want to bring up something. Uh, let me indulge my 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 inner uh, schnazy uh because i don't know if you if you thought of this during the movie and maybe i missed something like i don't know um but so the death star is operating in this movie um and they blow up two planets um cities yeah they don't blow up the whole planet uh, i mean, I mean bl- that, that planet going done be dead soon yeah. <laughs> cuz they okay, basically but- they they do the equivalent of the the meteor that took out the dinosaurs on each of these planets, those planets aren't going to survive that long. Okay, so well, that's my that's my question is that in A New Hope, you know, when they when they blow up uh, Alderaan, Princess Leia's home planet, um, you know, yeah, they, they just, don't just blow up a little Alderaan. They blow up all Alderaan. All Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they just made all Alderaan choices. <laughs> slow slow clap for you. Uh, all Alderaan choices. Yeah. Unfortunately, not a Giacchino track. Um, <laughs> it should be. Damn. Um, yeah, but like, okay, so you know, and and that's what that's what I I remember most. Even as a kid, I was just like, that is that's fucking heavy. Like that planet was just, you know, and especially back in the day, it was literally just like laser beam, boom, and then the big ring, and the fuck, it's fucking gone. Like there yeah. was no like. Uh, like you know, nuclear blast or whatever, and like, oh, let me hug you before we die, and the, you know, <laughs> um, so like that's what I was, that's what I was kind of confused over was like, did, were they not operating at full power? Did they not have well, enough of those they, fucking they, crystals? There, there is or a what? specific line where they're, they're they're doing a test, and he's like, oh, 
no need to destroy the whole planet. Let's just do a little <laughs> test. He's you were like, probably oh. blinded by the like weird uncanny valley to yeah. notice I guess, what he was I guess, saying. I guess, yeah. He's I like, guess I, I guess we'll just use ten percent of our power. Yeah. I guess yeah. I uh yeah. had some line to the degree of like don't blow your load all at once. Let's like mm. let's just kill a little city right now. Okay, well I probably missed that. Like, no, I want to blow up the whole planet. <laughs> Yeah, the Ben Ben Man definitely he was down to fucking ben blow up man. a whole planet yeah. for sure. Um, ben yeah, man so that, Ben Man was his name in God of Egypt. <laughs> Lord Benman. Um, uh, yeah, so that's why I was a uh, I was a little confused because I wanted to see. I think I think I just deep down I wanted to see like that big just pew like planet <laughs> the, explosion the with the explosion. ring, the ring yeah. explosion. And then, see, as a kid, it was really cool because then when the Death Star exploded in Episode Four, that ring came out too, and it was like, "Aha! We fucking right back at you, tasting <laughs> your own medicine, bitches." I, I, I will say though, like the whole planet instantly exploding is somehow less impressive than one like kajillaton nuclear-looking mushroom cloud, where like the surface of the planet is basically folding over itself. Like, mm-hmm. it, like there was full on like Doctor Strange levels of like the city <laughs> collapsing on top Doctor of itself. Doctor Inception, yes. Yeah, yeah. like they're they're flying their ship and they have the ground above and below them. Hmm. But you see, I don't. I didn't like that. I just like the fact that it's one zap and the whole thing's gone. Like you don't have any time <laughs> to fucking go hug a loved one or anything. It's yeah. just you're you're dead, yeah. man. Carson doesn't want no cuddling. He just wants. Nope. No <laughs> one and done. Yeah. <laughs> I just want fucking done, man. That's it. Um, yeah. So that I felt like, and and you know, now that you mentioned that they had, you know, the the lines about not blowing up the whole thing, like that just now feels totally like, well, we have to do this as a as a plot, de- you know, as a convenient plot device yeah. because. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to see certain elements. We need to have them leave the the desert planet, and we also need to have them, you know, uh, hug hug it out at the end and before they die, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and um, also, they, they were saying too that the station wasn't ready yet, because I think in episode four, like, yeah, the the maiden voyage, so to speak, of blowing a planet up <laughs> was Alderaan, right? Right, yeah. so right. And and that's this what was I like. Th- oh, it's yeah. not ready, sir. We only have one-tenth of our power capabilities and he's like we'll just fire the one-tenth we'll see what we can get with this yeah i yeah which again plot device because we don't want to we need to add in you know so that i yeah i didn't i wasn't down with that but uh i I do like how crazy the uh the empire is that they're just like oh we've been breached fine we're just gonna fire on our own base just destroy (laughs) everyone give him a taste of his own mendelssohn (laughs) Hey-o. Hey! <laughs> no, I mean, if, if you look about it, whoa, check this out, brah. Yeah. Well, right? So, the beginning, our our guy, leader of the rebellion, he meets his buddy who's got a busted arm. And he's like, bro, I can't climb out of here. And he's like, okay, boom, kills him, right? Yeah. If, if he's going to fall into their hands, got to kill him. Empire's just doing it bigger and better, right? True. Oh, oh, these Death Star plans might fall into the wrong hands. Let's just blow the shit out of everything. Are you saying someone can get so involved in a thing that they become that which they were rebelling against? Oh, my God. My <laughs> mind is exploding right now. My, my mind just got one-tenth of the Death Star explosion. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think full I was trying to think because before Rogue One, I was not excited. And it was just like in my head, I was simulating another Star Wars movie 
what is the best case to me? The best case to me is they reboot it in a way where it feels different somehow. Because as long as it is this kind of like wide-eyed, big fantasy, I just, I don't know. The ceiling, it doesn't hold that much for me anymore. I feel like it isn't, it, it isn't that time anymore. And I don't know what it can do for me. Like it can either do fan service and then I can be like, ha, I see what you did there. That was really fun. Or it can try to do its own thing and really do its own thing. Like it, in my mind, the fact that everyone is raving about this movie going its own way tells me that their bar for originality is like really, really not very high. Because <laughs> this movie was all sorts of fan service. Like, I, had, I, agree, I agree with that. For like sure. Alan Tudyk was basically another C-3PO slash Jar Jar character. Like, let, let's be honest, though. First of all, way cooler than both of those people. Oh, sure. No, he's a great character. I have no problem with him. Um, you've got like CG Tarkin and like all these things where it's just... Yeah. Nothing was meant to pay off unless you just really care about the mythology of Star Wars. Yeah. I feel like people are drinking some Kool Aid here. I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> you did. No, like that... I, I. I had some nitpicks where he got in. I mean, I ultimately gave it a must see, but I said it's like probably the quality of a recommend with a caveat. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some really stupid things in it, but I still think it's fun, and it's fun to play in the world of Star Wars. So I'm happy. I'm happy it exists. Yeah, I mean, I I was definitely a little surprised that some people online were like, this is the best one, or it's better than Force Awakens. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it doesn't take much to be better than Force Awakens, but best Star Wars? Like, no way, dude. I actually would rather watch one of the prequels before this. If this movie had a Chewbacca in it, then... Oh, yeah. They have, like, the little baby Chewbacca's. (laughs) Yeah. Little baby, I am Groot. I'm Groot! <laughs> How can, did you did you see the trailer for for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy before um, your Star Wars, Carson? I did, yes. Because damn it, if that like I am Groot button pushing mother is. Dude, uh, I, I will say this right now, like, and I said this to 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 Sarah walking out of the theater. I was like, the only Star Wars movie I'm excited for is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Like that is that to me is the new Star Wars. Like. Yeah, fucking Baby Groot, just a Funko Pop character, but who fucking cares? Like, that shit is funny, man. Like, it's, I, like, that's, that's the Star Wars, that's the sci-fi, you know, space opera movie that, that I want to see, that I'm excited for. So, yes. Yeah. And, yes, I'm totally going to watch Spider-Man Homecoming, too. Um, You know, it's, so, yeah. I'm excited for Spider-Man Homecoming as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but the only other th- the only other thing that I gotta mention uh, negatively uh, is uh, uh, my new friend, Mister Jiggly Cam. He was all over this fucking movie, <laughs> and I was not a fan. So drink. <laughs> they need to. They need that to. That one didn't bother me. They need to get that shit out of here. And it's just it's just annoying that they have they have this really you know elegant you know, static shot of, of like Felicity Jones walking into the rebel base. And then once she gets in and starts talking to them, it's all of a sudden just like, Oh, we're on a fucking little boat. It's like, fuck, just (laughs) don't, don't just keep it still. Get over the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I was not a fan of that. Uh, please. I don't want to see that anymore, but that's the new thing. So I'm excited for the new Coen brothers crossover with guardians of the galaxy. True Groot. <laughs> uh, so glad you joined us, Steve. <laughs> uh, anytime. Happy to be here. 
Well, on that note, <laughs> should we uh, wrap this up and go off and uh, do our recording of La La Land? Yes. Yeah. I, I I hope I hope that uh, maybe they'll you know maybe they'll let uh, maybe they'll have like the Jamaican remake of Rogue One and it'll be called Wog One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Thank you. I had to get that one in there. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Rogue Twenty, bro. <laughs> Felicity Thank Jones you. is paying. Would it, would it, would it not be Rogue Strife? <laughs> Rogue. <laughs> Uh, anyway, these things, so they don't matter. We are gonna take off. Thank you for joining me, Carson. Thank you for swooping at the end like Han Solo, Steven. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> um, we're gonna take off. See you guys all later. Bye. Bye.